Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm honored to be joined today on the podcast by longtime NFL and college coach, Ron Turner. Coach, uh, it's great to have you here. I appreciate you taking the time. No, thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. So, Coach, 41 years and um, a game that means a ton to you, but also is just huge in your family with, you know, uh, your brother coaching, your son's coaching. Uh, I guess before we get started, just talk to us about, you know, this game and what it's, it's meant to you, what it's done for you. Well, it's, it's done everything, you know, I mean, it's, I'm so blessed to be able to be in this game for 41 years. And I always tell people, it must've been pretty good if both my boys are, you know, follow the path and they're coaching. So, but it's been, you know, tremendous, tremendous experience, you know, a lot of moves and some of that, which isn't for everybody. But uh, but it's been there's nothing like it, you know the the competition of game day, and the preparation leading up to it. But the biggest thing I think is is what the impact you have on the players, the impact you have on the young guys you're coaching, you know, off the field, you know, as much as on the field, and um, you know that's really that's really what it's all about. So it's a special thing, and we as coaches impact the student athletes we're coaching probably more than than anybody else other than maybe their parents, you know, or a close family member or something, more than teachers and everybody else. So it's it's an honor, you know, to have done it. Coach, you said after the 2017 season, you know, you stepped away from it. You were working uh, as a consultant with the Panthers, and uh, now your opportunity is to watch your son's coach this game. What's your favorite part of that? Well, just watching it as, as a a fan and also you know somebody that knows a little bit what they're doing and what they're going through it's just great to be able to be a part of it you know to watch what they're doing and the effort and the work that they put into it you know same thing it's just it's just great to be a part of something that's so important to them and this year has been tough because you know you can't get out you can't get out and see go to any of their games or see anything i usually make the trip out west you know the west coast go to phoenix for the my son game who's with the cardinals and go to some of his games and then go to Stanford where my other son is and watch practices and watch the games and talk to him and, you know, sit in some of the meetings sometimes. And it's just, you know, it's just great to be a part of what they're doing with their families. 
with these trying times and something that's, you know, different uh, than anything we've ever faced before, certainly affecting a lot with how you prepare for a season, how you pre- prepare in an individual week. Uh, were you, did you offer any advice or were you able to uh, help your sons in any way as they uh, went through all these challenges? Yeah, we talked about it definitely. And um, I'm not sure if I, I did offer advice. I'm not sure if I would say listen, but you, you know, I think they did. And, and basically what I said is um, it's going to be the people that adjust, you know, don't complain about it or anything else. You adjust, you move on. You know, everyone's going to be, is, you know, it's going to be just not comfortable with it. They're going to look at it and say, well, all this and that, and they're going to complain. But it's the ones that say, hey, it is what it is. Let's move forward. And as a coach, that's what you're doing on game day. You're adjusting constantly to what they're doing during the week. You're adjusting. And it's what you got to do in the off season. You know, it, it's there. So there's no reason to complain about it. Go make the most of it. And, um, you know, allow yourself to, to prepare and compete at a high level. And that's all, really the only advice I told them. Just, you know, embrace it and move forward. You know, it's the same for everybody. Because for somebody who's, you know, really been able to coach all over the country and, uh, you, you've had a number of stops at uh, a number of different levels here. What were your biggest things I think you learned, especially early on, as you started to make some of those changes and move up the coaching ladder and you know face these different situations you were in? I think probably the biggest thing that I that I learned is to be yourself, and this is what I'm going to talk about at the you know clinic that I'm doing at high school in Illinois high school clinic is. You know, be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. And I've seen that. I've seen guys, um, you know, all of a sudden now they're a full-time coach or they're a coordinator or they're whatever, and they change. Their personality changes. They're trying to be like maybe the guy that was their mentor or they're trying to be, you know, a hard ass if that's not their personality, you know, whatever. You just got to be who you are. The players will see through it if you don't. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I learned, just just be yourself and be true to yourself. And um, develop a philosophy. Uh, I've seen a lot of coaches that don't really have a philosophy. You know, they're all over the place. And and develop a philosophy. And my my opinion is you have to have strong philosophy and how you want to do things, how you want to teach it, schemes you want to run, everything you want to do, something you really believe in. But to a point, you know, you still have to be flexible. You still have to adjust. You still have to adapt to changes. But you can do that without compromising you know, what your beliefs are, what you, what you believe in integrity and everything else that you go with, you know, you can, you can adjust and, and still do that. I believe that very strongly, but you have to have that. And like I said, I've seen guys that, that don't. Mm-hmm. With uh, your, er, in your early years of coaching, uh, you mentioned your mentors, who were the mentors for you and what were some of the things you learned that really became part of your philosophy? Well, I think I was fortunate to be around some good, good coaches, some good people, you know, when I was younger and also some bad ones, you know, so some people that you learn from as well. The biggest thing I tried to learn and it's advice that I got um, when I first started coaching, I was at the University of Pacific in Stockton, California and coach Chester Caddis, the late Chester Caddis was the head coach and I played for him and I became a GA and I learned a tremendous amount from him. And he, he told me, you know, when I, when I did, he goes, learn you know just try to learn something every day and i did what i what i did when i was even as a ga i put myself in the head coach's shoes or the coordinator's shoes and i watched and i observed and i took notes 
and you know things that they did that I really liked that I agreed with philosophically and the way they handled situations and also things that I didn't I said I'm not sure I would have handled it like that you know and you try to learn from that and Dante Scarnecchio was on that staff you know the legendary coach offensive line coach in the NFL mostly with the Patriots you know for for so long was on that staff and I learned a tremendous amount of hint from him X and O wise technique wise but also philosophically you know the right way to do things and um you know so that that was that was huge from those coaches um but i there's been so many ted toner you know was the head coach at usc when i was there learned a lot from him you know and the, and the people on that staff my brother norv you know i was um, we never coached together but just talking ball with him and watching how he did things learned obviously a tremendous amount from from him, but there's been, you know, there's been so many Denny Green, the late Denny Green. I mean, a major, major influence on me. I coached for Denny at Northwestern. You know, I was a quarterback receiver coach when we went to Northwestern and in the midst of a 20 something game losing streak, which by the way, we extended for a little bit for another season before we started winning. But Denny Green was a, you know, a huge influence on my helping me establish my philosophy of offensive football. You know, he came from Bill Walsh and the West Coast system, and that's really where, you know, my foundation was. But so much from from Denny Green. And then I went back with him at Stanford for three years as his coordinator and, again, continued to learn. So Denny is is up there as, you know, the top of the list as far as, you know, mentors for me and guys that I've learned so much from. I mentioned Ted Tolner, you know, Joe Moore. The legendary offensive line coach from you know Pitt. Um, I was I was on that staff. I was quarterback coach on that staff. But watching Joe and, and the, saw so much about line play and blocking schemes and the importance of you know attention to detail and techniques and fundamentals and that you know also also learned a great deal from you know Dave Wanstead. I was with him with the Bears you know which was which was tremendous so it's been so many of them and a lot of assistant coaches too that I worked with you know um too many to to name all of them I'm leaving out a lot of a lot of great names there but um you know I tried to learn from all of them and and go with the lessons that Chester Cat has told me again learn from everybody and I did you know again good you know good and bad coach I think uh, today uh, with with the way technology works and the ease of getting information, uh, our young coaches can learn a ton. We've we've seen that over, especially you know during the pandemic shutdown, uh, all kinds of coaches getting online, learning from each other, and boy, there's so many good ideas out there. And especially for that young coach who you know looks at everything and everything looks good, how do you start to figure out you know this is what I need to be, this is the offense I'm going to learn. How do you? I just narrow that focus so that it's going to be effective, right? Uh, I think that's probably a, a big challenge today. Yeah, I think it is probably more so with, because of the technology, like you said. But it, but I think it's always been, like I said, coming up. You, you know, the first thing I said is you have to have a philosophy, establish what you believe in. You know, and so you see different schemes, you see different things. Which one fits you and your personality and your beliefs and how you want to, you know, run the program. Is, is critical. And like I said earlier, a lot of guys don't really establish that they're all over the place. And like you said, with technology, it can even be worse because they see this, they see that. And I've been around guys that game plan like that. You know, they watch somebody have success on a play 
And, you know, they might see 10, 10 of those things. They go put them in for the next game, but none of them tie into what they're doing and what they've done and what they've taught their guys in training camp and everything else, you know? So to me, you have to be careful. I think it's always good to do some of that, but you know, that you, you, you've got to be careful that you don't do too much of it, in my opinion, but you have to just, again, what do you believe in? You know, what, what is, what works for you and what you want to do is, is the biggest thing. And I've also been around a lot of guys that because of the technology, they have access to everything. They're watching everything and all the analytics, which I think are tremendous. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of that to a point. And, but some of these guys, that's all they can do. You know, they can, they can get on the computer and do anything they want to do. But then I watch them get in front of a group and try to teach it. And they're not very good. You know, I'm like, wow, you know, because they don't understand the, the, the depth of it. You know, they're not very in-depth of what they're doing. They know a little bit about a lot of stuff, but when they go to teach it, they're all, it's, it's, it's terrible. You know, that's the biggest thing I would stress to young coaches is, you know, do what you can to get in front of people and teach it and understand it and communicate, learn how to communicate all the information that you've gathered and I think, and organize it in such a way. And I think a lot of them, you know, fail to do that. Yeah. I have a, a friend of mine who started volunteering with us when I was at Baldwin Wallace university. And, uh, just as far as understanding and picking up all the X's and O's in the scheme, you know, genius could, you know, has it like that could see it, understand it. And I'd always tell him, I said, all right, now you need to learn how to become a phys ed teacher. Like that, That's exactly. what's going to make the difference for you. So as you look at that, and especially thinking of the young coaches, uh, what would be your advice in, into being able to become a better teacher of the game? Well, I think um, do it, you know, get up and do it, get up on the board and, and do it and communicate to one another. You know, I know it's hard for GAs because they don't have the opportunity sometimes to, to get in a room and install things and put it in, but they can still do it amongst each other and talk about it and understand the why. I think a lot of them don't understand the why. You know, they know this is how we're going to block this or this play or this is a diet or pass diagram that we're going to put up. They know all that stuff, but they don't know the details of it and they don't really know why. You know, I've been around a lot of guys that, like we said, have all that information, but then when they look at a look at film, they see a certain front, a certain coverage, a certain alignment, you know, techniques or personnel. You know, they don't really understand how to attack that and how to adjust. And I think, you know, that that comes with just again studying the game, listening to the people that have done it, and and trying to understand the why of everything that's going on there, not just what they're doing, why they doing that. Coach, when we look at uh, your career and what you're able to do in leading an offense, uh, you had years where you guys were one of the best in, in rushing, and you had years where you guys were uh, you know, the best in passing, whether that was completions or yards. Uh, for you, you know, how important is it to, to have that balance? What creates balance in your mind? Well, I, you know, I think that's a, that's a great question. Um, what creates balance is, is just being able to change up, to mix up what you're doing and not just get, get in there and do one thing. And I say that 
but there's a fine line because again, you have to have a philosophy. And when we went, would go to training camp, when I, whether I went to Bears or in college, we would install probably 80% of our offense, maybe more. Um, and that that was our bread and butter. That's what was going to carry us throughout the season. Um, yet you had to, you couldn't just line up the same formation and run the same plays over and over. Um, you had to change it up, whether you changed it up by personnel, by formation, by motions, by shifts, all those different things. But the bottom line is when the ball snaps, you got to make sure your guys understand what to do thoroughly against every look and they're comfortable with it. So that was, I think that's the, you know, the biggest thing is just um, being able to do that, you know, still, still have your philosophy and do that as the base of what you're doing, but you also have to have enough wrinkles each week to attack and show different things. And that's, that, that's, you know, the critical part. That, that's where it can get, you know, where it can get difficult. You know, I've always said as a coach, I always said, Hey, we're going to go out. And I told the team, we're going to go out, we're going to do what we do and we're going to win with what we do. And then I would say, but to a point, like I said earlier, you know, we're going to, this is what we're going to do, but we're going to have different things. And I also learned a long time ago that it's about, it's about players, not about play. So one, one, you know, you talk about balance and you're talking about sometimes, you know, being able to be a better running team or a better passing team. Look at what you have. What do you have? What are your strengths? Who are the, who are your playmakers, you know, in the skill positions, put them in a position to make plays. If your strengths at the receivers or a running back, that's a really good receiver, then utilize that within your system. If it's, if it's not that, then utilize what you can do. And the same with the offensive line. I see people all the time. They're like trying to do seven step drops, releasing everybody and asking the linemen, you know, to block without help. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of getting help in the protection schemes. And then you get mad at them because they give up a sack, you know, or because the quarterback's getting pressure. And you look at that. You can get mad at them all you want. That guy is not capable of blocking that defensive end, you know? So, it's again, it's about players, not plays. And when I say players, I'm talking about your players, the guys you have, but also the players you're going against. And, you know, you, you have a play or a concept or a scheme you like, maybe you see a defense, you know, a front, a coverage. And the next week you play the exact same a team that plays the exact same front and coverage, but you have, a, you have a different game plan or you're going to emphasize certain things a little different. They, they say, well, Last week, they played the same thing. How come we don't like this play this week? I said, well, look at the personnel. You know, this this kid, last week, we could block that guy. We can't block that guy this week. Or we could beat that DB. We can't beat him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you do. You, you change it that way. So, again, studying the personnel, I think that gets neglected by probably some young coaches at times, too. You know, they're so worried, caught up about running plays and having different ones and everything else. But – what can your guys do? Put them in a position to do it. And, you know, how can you, who can you attack on the defense? That's one of the first things I would look at. Who in the defense can we go after? Who can we attack? And who do we have to help, you know, get help to? Um, and who do we have to avoid? You know, when we were playing, we played Deion Sanders. Everyone talks about it. We didn't throw his side of the field. <laughs> we did not. I told the court, you're not throwing over there. He's a, he's a left corner. We are not throwing to the left we're throwing everything middle to right and they laugh i said i'm no i'm not kidding <laughs> I said, we are not throwing we are not throwing at him and you know so whatever the case 
you uh, you know you know what you can do, and especially up front, you but you better with those excellent pass rushers. You better you better get help to them. <laughs> do everything you can to avoid them because they're, they're going to beat you. But that's just you know that's just an example. Yes, coach. To the to the casual fan who's who's watching a uh, a game on a on a Saturday or Sunday, they're going to see the coordinator standing there with this you know, what looks like this huge list of, of plays. But as you mentioned, you know, it's about doing what you do and then having some tools. So, uh, you know, what what is it for you is in finding that um, balance? Because you have to practice everything that you're going to do, right? So you're not going to have a bunch of stuff that you didn't work. Um, but you can't leave your guys short either. You do have to build in those tools uh, and a lot, you know, you and I were talking before we go, just understanding that at some point you're going to have to maybe have a scenario that you, you worked on and, you know, it's maybe haven't faced it in a game yet, but, uh, for you, I guess, finding, um, that right mix of doing what you do with having enough in your game plan and, and enough to have those tools you need to maybe face some of those, uh, different scenarios. Yeah, I think you know. Again, I think that's a that's a great point. That's kind of what we talked about. You you know you you have to again. One of the things that was huge to me, you know, you talk about analytics and everything. I think that's great, and I think studying yourself is just as important as studying your opponent. You know, self scout was always huge to me. I had guys each week, whether we after the first game all the way through the season, you know, telling me what our tendencies are and what we're doing. You know. So I, so, you know, so you can change it up a little bit. So you can still, like we said, do what you do, but change it up and do things. Um, just like you study the defense to learn their tendencies. I want to know what our tendencies are so we can, you know, we can change that up. That is, um, that is, that is, you know, again, very important. I think it, I think it probably gets neglected sometimes. I think people talk about it, but I'm not sure, you know, they really pay that much attention to it, you know? But I think that's something that's critical that that can help you change it up. So, Coach, the the self scout I believe is an important tool, and uh, I think you you do have to uh, take a look at some of those things and break tendencies in uh, the way you would would think about a game plan and think about a season. Were there things you I guess intentionally started to set up as uh, tendencies and know that hey I'm I'm developing some things here, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. Again, you got to do what you do, and there are, you know, you get those tendencies. But again, like you said, I think you used a great word: set it up. You know, you can look at it and say, "All right, we're going to do this," and we we've got something in our mind that we're going to do down the road. You know, at the right situation that ties into that, that comes right off of, you know, something that we've been doing. And um, and I think I think that's huge. You know, all you have to do is break those tendencies you know, once in a while, and then all the, all their stuff goes out the window. You know, they can't tell the guys, hey, in this situation, or when he takes this split or this alignment or whatever, you know, this is what they're going to do. You change it up once or twice, and, and they can't do that. But, yeah, that's that's very important. So the, the quarterback's a big part of this, and you spent uh, many of your years coaching the quarterbacks, uh, you know, quarterback preparation. What were the – the key things you would focus on to make sure you had a guy who was ready? Well, I think the, you know, the biggest thing is knowing what we do, you know, having a, having a great understanding of what we do and why we do it and, you know, how we want to attack the defense and why we want to attack them that way. And, 
why this week, this past play might be good. Um, the next week it might not, or this past play might be good, but we're going to read it this way. You know, big pro- progression guy. Everything is all right. Our progression is one, two, three. We're going here, 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 um, based on what we see in one week. You know, number one is going to be the same. Number two, three might change, or all of a sudden now we're going backside. You see this look, half they play. Now we're going to go backside. We'll now become number one. You know, so those those types of things. You know, just just to you know to change up, but teaching them to understand, you know, the system. And I and I, I said I don't want guys that can just give draw the board. Tell me why. And I would ask them. I would give them quizzes. I would give them tests. I love to get them on the board. I want to see them communicate it to me. That tells me how much they know. I said, all right, here's the look we're seeing. You know, the the base look we're going to see this week. Give me on the board without really looking, knowing too much about the personnel. What plays do you like to beat this coverage? Or how do you want to protect? The protection is huge. I want the quarterbacks to learn the protection schemes. How are we going to protect this? You know, just based on, uh, again, on the look, not talking too much personnel right now, just so they understood the why of what we're doing, you know, where we want to go with it. That That's the big thing. And then the mechanics, you know, I'm a big, big believer in quarterback, like any position, but quarterback techniques, fundamentals. And to me, it's all about their eyes and their feet. I don't, I never messed a whole lot with the guy's throwing motion unless he had a huge wind up or something that really needed to be fixed. I did when I was a young coach, I tried to do that. And I, and I was frustrated because they couldn't do it. And I finally realized you can't change, you know, I'm not going to be able to change that much how this kid throws. But I can get his eyes and feet good. They're going to have a chance to be accurate. Accuracy, mm-hmm. to me, is more important than arm strength. And your eyes and your feet are what are going to give you the accuracy. Um, those are the biggest things that I worked on. And movement in the pocket, like everybody does now, sliding in the pocket, moving in the pocket, you know, protecting the ball when you're doing it. But, again, it goes back to the eyes and the feet. If those are good, the quarterback's going to the quarterback's going to be good. In the throw motion, just – you know, I kind of let them go. Cause I, I, like I said a minute ago, I realized I wasn't going to change it anyway, you know. And um, if they're getting the ball out quick and they're accurate, why change it? And I've had guys throw every type of ball there is, you know. I mean, every type of release, excuse me, there is. And, um, you know, seeing guys be effective doing, doing all of them. Coaches, you've stepped away from the game and you get to observe it, observe it from a uh, different perspective now. What are some things you see happening where you really feel coaches need to maybe do a better job or learn a little bit more? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. But, I, you know, sometimes there's lots of things. But I think the biggest – one of the biggest ones is, is managing the game, you know, whether it's clock management, all the different scenarios and different situations that come up during the course of a game is – it can be tough. I mean, if, if, if you're a head coach – and you're also calling the offense or your head coach, you're also calling the defense. And you're also trying to manage all that, when to take a timeout, when not to take a timeout, you know, all the different things that go along with clock management. That's, that's difficult. And I think that's where you see guys, you know, something, something's going to give and they're so in tune to calling the right defense or calling the right play offensively and getting the right personnel in and doing all that it's hard, you know, to keep track of everything else. Hey, I need a time out here. You know, my biggest thing is I would have somebody 
assigned to that. You know, somebody that's all, you know, not all they're doing, but that's a big part of what they're doing. You get no situations in the game. They're helping with the clock management because you see it in, the, you know, in high school, you see it in college, you see it in the NFL where games are lost because of poor clock management. And, you know, it's happened to all of us. And, uh, you know, I think that, I think that part of it is huge to, just managing the game part of it um, and all the different, all the different situations that come up. You know, I love to talk about situational football. That's going to be a big thing. What I'm going to talk about at the clinic is all the different aspects that come up, whether it's red zone, third down, goal line, in the game type situations, whatever, Um, you know, there's got to be preparation that go into all that. And, and that's planned out and talked about prior to, because you get in the heat of the battle and all of a sudden that clock's running down and you try to, you know, do it then it's too late. You've got to have to at least have talked about it and have a plan. And then it's much, much easier to adjust. Coach uh, shared a lot with us today and I'm not, I'm not going to dig too much further because then I know we're taking away from uh, your talk there at the, the Illinois high school football coaches uh, association clinic. Uh, but the one question I have for you, 41 years and looking back and all the things you've done as a coach uh, on and off the field, what's the one thing you'd really point to as giving your team the winning edge? Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. There's a lot of it. But I, I, would, I would think consistency, you know, doing, doing what's right consistently. And that's why I stress to the guys all the time, you know, um, as far as off the field, you know, always do what's right, treat people the right way and do a lot of that. And then on the field is just being prepared, being prepared and believing, believing what we're doing, you know, what you're doing, I think are, I think are, you know, obviously some of the, some of the big things, no, no doubt about it. And, um, and being a team player, you know, not being selfish, you know, just being a team guy, that's going to do whatever you can do to help the team win. Obviously, you know, hard work and all those things, but um, just being being a team guy and um, and doing what's right and doing you know staying with it, staying focused. Well, Coach, uh, we're excited to have you speaking at the Illinois High School Football Coaches Association Clinic. That's the first one of this off season. Uh, listeners, you can go to ihsfca.coachesclinic.com and uh, be able to register there. Just a great lineup, over 120 speakers. Coach, obviously, is one of them, and I know you're going to dig into some of these topics, but I, I do appreciate you taking time, talking ball with us here today, and look forward to seeing you at the clinic as well. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on because it is going to be a tremendous clinic. You know, there's positives with the pandemic and everything the way it is. There's a lot of positive come come out of it. You know, the relationships that families have developed by being everyone being home and all that. There's so many positives, and one of the positives for this is getting so many speakers. You know, not relying on people to go into, you know, Champaign or wherever the clinic is, and and doing that. You can do it. You can do it online. And there's. I, I looked at the lineup of speakers. I'm like, wow, this this is impressive. It's going to be a hell of a clinic. So that's one of the positives that come from it. So um, I'm excited to be a part of it. Honored to be asked, and excited to be a part of it. It's been a lot of years, 19 years coaching the state of Illinois. Um, you know, so it's it's a special place for me, and I'm looking forward to doing it. Coach, thank you again. I appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Keith. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. 
Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.